Hello guys, welcome back to the Faith is Motivation podcast. Here on this podcast, we look to inspire people in finance, fitness, motivation, and overall happiness. Roll the intro. You need to set a standard that I am going to be the best version of myself for me. I am going to be happy for me. I am going to create the life I want to live for me. And success definitely doesn't come without adversity. There's going to be challenges. There's always challenges. You have to overcome them or you're just going to be weak. You can't just let them define you. You have to change that mentality of want to need. That's the one thing I had to change was it's not I want this stuff. It's I need this stuff. You've reached the point where you think you deserve a better life. Now is the time to change for the better. And we are back. Okay, so I know I did the voice changer thing. Yeah, I messed up the uh, I messed up the mission statement there. It's uh, to inspire people in motivation, finance, fitness, and overall happiness. But um, you know, it was close enough. It's uh, the same thing, just a little reworded. Words moved around, just worded a little differently. I am one of your hosts, Darian Hawkins. I am a real estate agent here in Kentucky. Um, podcast host, basketball coach, factory worker. I do a little bit of everything. If you want to find me, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at TheHawk40, and let's pass it over to Chris. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Um, yeah, well, I just spaced out there, but yeah, I'm a, a factory worker a factory worker as well, and I've got all my socials. You can find me over on Reaper Killstreak on Twitter, or not Twitter, uh, Instagram, Twitch, and Facebook Gaming. Facebook Gaming, uh, reach me out on there if you want to keep up with me, and I shall pass this over to Seth. Alrighty, so I also work in a factory. I am working on getting my real estate courses done. I am saving for investment properties, all that's what I'm doing. And uh, I got Instagram. There's nothing, there's no posts on there. Still need to work on that. I've said that like eight times and I still haven't done it. But uh, just Seth D. Roulette, all lowercase, no spaces. I think all of our Instagrams need a little bit of work. I think we need to kind of sharpen those up, make them a little more professional. Um, Definitely. As, as for our uh, page, Faith is Motivation, our group that we have, our um, business, you can find us on Instagram at Faith is Motivation POD and then on everything else that exists in the entire world at Faith is Motivation, just Faith is Motivation. Um, yeah, I mean, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube, our YouTube channel is actually really good. Um, I think we have a lot of interesting content up there. A lot of things I can kind of help you see the world and see how the world operates outside of just us, our podcast. Like we do a lot of street interviews and we ask people, you know, what creates average. Um, we've kind of put a hold on those because of the weather. No one really wants to go out in the cold and not as not, not as much crowds and stuff. And then, you know, we have other things on there. Um, an introduction to Seth video should be up by the time this podcast goes up. So a lot of good things on our YouTube channel at faith is motivation. Yeah, we're we're up on we're up on everything. Announcements. So uh really just one announcement today. We're doing a casting call, so we're looking for guests to come on to the show. So if you listen to us and you're an avid listener to uh, to us and you would like to come on and you'd like to discuss some key points, you would like to discuss your journeys and you would like to look for advice or maybe share some advice, share some wisdom to the world, which is one of the most important things you can do. Um hit us up on Instagram. Right. So just send us an Instagram message. We'll use that to recruit anybody who wants to come on the show. Um, we use it as a networking tool. 
So we we're constantly like messaging people and speaking to people on there about coming onto the show and trying to get our next next guest. So you know, message us on Instagram and uh, might be something we make happen. Okay. So um, today we are continuing with our series on um, how to create happiness. Right. So obviously, last episode we went we went on about how it was um, growth. Growth is what actually creates happiness. It's not something you can truly achieve. It's something you must constantly work on every day of your living life. And some key points we think you need to, some key areas we think you need to grow in in order to create happiness is your financial health, your physical health, and then your your social, right? And then if you get all those together, then your mental kind of falls into place. So today we're talking about financial health. We're going to talk about financing, finances, managing finances, and how to keep track of finances. We're going to go into why money is important. Right. So why is like, like, why is money important? I think there's the obvious answers, right? You need money to maintain your lifestyle. You need money to pay your bills. You need money to drive your car. Right. But like the real reason that we, we make it first, because a lot of people like to kind of negate money and negate the importance of money. Right. It's like, well, I don't need a lot of money. I don't want a lot of money. Money's really not important. I'm fine with just the basic stuff. But the reason why money is important is because it creates the baseline. Right. So in order to get, in shape for a lot of people, for, for a lot of people, I'll go ahead and admit, get, getting in shape is not easy. You need to work a little harder. You need to spend a little bit more money. You need to buy certain types of food. You need, you know, to pay for your gym membership. You need to pay for certain types of food. Um, so, in, and healthy food is a little more expensive. So money is really the baseline, right? If you want to build and you want to network, you want to get out and meet people, you need to be able to go out and do social events, which you really can't do if you don't have money, right? You can't do much outside of, staying at home without money. Now, there's a couple of things you can do, but not much, right? You don't need it, but it does create a baseline, right? And then money does ultimately equate to happiness, right? Um, so I would say that it's not necessarily having money. It's growing in that area, right? So more money is, is going to make it a lot easier to be happy. And I can speak from personal experience. It's really, really hard to be happy if you're worried about paying bills, if you're sleeping in your car, if you don't have your power turned on, if you're not able to go out and hang out with your friends. If It, it, it becomes really hard to be happy if you don't have all these things, but you need money for these things, right? Um, what do you guys think? So I think that a lot of people that say that they don't need to have a lot of money and all that they they've they've never had true financial freedom which I haven't had either and I don't think either of you have but but we we're already in the mindset to where we're chasing that because we know that that's that's going to help us overall with our with our happiness and of course our just successful lifestyles right so I think that when you say you don't need a lot of money, blah, 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 of course you don't need it. But if you have that, I think it's going to put you in a better place, a better state of mind because you get to do what you want. And like, of course you're, you're, you're free. Right. So like it's, it's financial freedom, financial freedom in a, in a sense. So I wouldn't say you don't need it or don't want it. If you've never had it, I'd, I'd say everyone should chase it because it's something they can do to better themselves and overall that's going to give them a better life. Yeah, and to point out, like, uh, we've, me and Darren have said it multiple times of, like, our, our financial hardship of, like, living the paycheck to paycheck. And uh, touch it up on with Seth, it's like having that financial freedom to be able to, to do 
what you want. And I used to be in that mindset as well. And Darian can vouch for this back in high school. Like, I was like, I want a normal life. Don't want too much money. Don't want, don't want any of that. And now I'm like, give me all the money. I want, I want this financial freedom of, you know, not just paying the bills and barely have enough for food. It's like, no, at this point, I'm like, if I'm a, you know, if I'm bringing in a high income, you know, it won't be just the bills covered. It's like, I can cover myself, do whatever I want. And please go out with the boys. It's main goals in life. Yeah. I mean, normal's whack, dude. Like, like, like normal is not fun. No, you cannot enjoy the world. Right. So I look at the world as there's so many possibilities and there's so many things that you will never get to see and never get to experience if you don't have money. And then you can lie to yourself and say, well, I don't, I don't care about none of those things, but here's the thing. If you don't do anything, you don't know if you love it. Right. Like I, I, I've met people that say, well, I don't like to travel. I don't want to travel. And then I'll, I immediately ask them, well, you ever been out of the country? You ever seen a new culture? You ever experienced something new when traveling? Oh, no. I mean, I've been out of the state a couple of times. Well, that's like, that's not the same, right? Like, you can't sit here and tell me that I don't enjoy traveling. I don't want to travel. No, the truth, if you're being honest with yourself, is you don't have the money to travel. You don't, you don't have the financial freedom to leave the country and see the world. You don't know if you like it. You don't know if you like it. You've never done it, right? You don't know if you like something you've never done. So I think a lot of times people just create these excuses to kind of negate the fact that they're unable to do it or that they're unable to work for more money. And we'll go into some social norms a little bit later. But um, just to touch the the topic of how money creates a baseline, dude, um, I mean, Chris, you, you can talk about this, too. We've been broke, man. <laughs> like, we've been broke. I. It, oh, I don't need money. I, I just need the the bare minimum, man. What happens when the bare minimum collapses? What happens when the bare minimum collapses? Right? Like I've had I had the bare minimum for a long time, and um, I'm going to go into my story a little bit more in detail. But I had the bare minimum for a long time, and then eventually the bare minimum gets boring. You want to move up, right? And that was my first mistake was I moved up, and um, when I moved up, everything fell apart. I didn't have true financial freedom. Everything fell apart. I lost my job. Um, I didn't have much money saved. I still had bills that I needed to pay. I ended up living in a house that didn't have water. Um, oftentimes, I didn't have electricity. I was homeless. I was homeless. I had to sleep in my car for um, two, two and a half, three weeks. And I can tell you right now, there is nothing I wanted more than financial than financial freedom. There's nothing I wanted more than financial comfort, right? So I wa- I wanted money. And a lot of people say, well, I don't care about money. I don't care about money. I don't care about money. Okay, if you don't care about money, stop going to work. See how much you care about money then, right? Everybody needs it. It, cre- it really creates a baseline. It really, really creates a baseline. And like, like you said, you, uh, live in a, uh, you know, living in your vehicle for, th- uh, for three weeks. And you know, for me, it was like living that it was that paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, making that, uh, making, just making 40 hours doing the, well, I think I was, what was it? I was making 1340 and 1340 is not a livable wage. I will tell you that right now. It's not like barely was able to do a car payment, barely was able to have food to survive, you know, after doing that for two years. Yeah. I'm not, I want the, 
I want to go up. And the only way I was going to go up is if I leveled up my mindset and, you know, looking out there. I think the baseline that's created is just because you have money doesn't mean you don't have problems. But if you don't have money, then money is your problem. Right? So it's as you gain money, the other problems you have in your life may come to light, but you don't got to worry about money. But if you don't have money, all you're worried about is money. Does that make sense? That's that. Yeah. That's the that's the bridge. That's why you can never be happy without money because then it becomes all you worry about because it's needed to live, right? But once you get money, then you realize, okay, well, there's more things in this world that I need to worry about that I need to work on. But money is going to be the first thing you need to solve before any of those other things even come to life. Yeah. Go ahead, Seth. I seen you wrong. So talk. for so for me, um, I mean, I I've never been like truly broke to the point where I like couldn't do anything like growing up, you know, my parents didn't really have a lot of money. Like we, we were not good off at all, but you know, I had food on the table. That's what mattered at the time, but I, I can never go, go to a situation where like all I have is, you know, just like food on the table. I want to, I, I want to set myself up. So like, I guess, I guess one of the only things I could talk about is jumping from like low paying jobs to high paying jobs. So like at 18, you know, I or, well, I'll start this since I was since I when I was since I was 15, I've been working. Uh, when I was 15, I started working at KFC. You know, that was that was interesting. It's fast food jobs. Those are those are, those are fun. That's that's actually a really fun point in life, honestly. And then I then I went to then I went to Popeyes another chicken place. And then after that, when I was, I was six, no, 17. Yeah. 17. I went from Popeye's to Royal King. Royal King was really fun. I enjoyed that a lot. And then, so Royal King, I was making like nine, $10 an hour, you know, and I thought I was doing okay. But then I jump up to my factory job and I'm making like $20 an hour. So, so I, I literally doubled that. And jumping from a, a low paying job to a high paying job is really, really interesting. So you go from making like $800 every two weeks or something like that to like 2000 almost, right? Like, or let's say to about 1500 because that's about what I did. Uh, you You learn that there's a lot more things you can do when you have more money. So, um, so I basically what I've tried to do when I'm making more money, I've tried to just learn to learn to manage it, learn to learn to get my shit together and not take this jump from a low paying job and think that I can just spend a bunch more money basically. But I'm going to let, uh, let Darian and Chris go into that. And so like for me, I make when I was making that thirteen forty, I was bringing home literally less than six hundred dollars every two weeks. So for you gotta figure every for air, you get two of those uh, types every month. So that was twelve hundred dollars. I literally one paycheck from every two weeks for that job. I make that in three days at this job, and I'm now making more. I'm making now close to. 
uh, since I'm doing MT, I'm making close eight nine hundred dollars a week. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a week. That's not every two weeks. So it's you know to jump from that from every two weeks to now I'm doing that in three days and making more by the end of the week. I, I I'm on the path as as it is. I think so. For me personally, um, my per my my financial growth it actually came extremely quick, like extremely quick, a lot quicker than a lot of people think. Um, because I went from I had a levy on my account um, back two three years ago. Yeah, I think it was about three years ago, shortly after I started working at Toyota. And I actually had a levy on my account and they was taking seven to eight hundred dollars a check. Right. So I was at a I was at a spot where I was up to my ears in debt. Um, I was up to my ears in debt. Plus, I had this levy. So even though I got a higher paying job, I never really received more money. I, n- I never really received more money. And then I was actually before going to um, the factory I work at now, I I actually was laid off. I actually was well, not even laid off. I was just straight fired. <laughs> I was just straight up fired. And um, I was working at a nursing home like three days a week or something for $10 an hour. So I was really like down bad. And then um, I got my new job and I, and I was working at Toyota and I was making a little bit more money, but with the levies, with the levy out of my account, I really wasn't making all that much. And then, you know, I had all these bills and all this debt up to my ear. And eventually I was able to get out of that. Um, I ended up uh, moving into my own place. When I first got here, I was like negative six, $700 for my first month. And I had and you know, rent was due. I had to figure that out after I figured that out. I created a budgeting plan and it kind of created this financial, it was like a, it was like a sprout of financial growth. As I was paying off my debt, as I got the levy off, it was like this financial growth. I really wasn't making more than I was because I was still working at the same place. I was still working at, at the factory, but because this debt was like falling off, it was like, boom, 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 boom. Right. It was like a huge financial growth because I was getting all this debt off. And I think the key point to that growth was um, the way I managed my money. And I did it in a very peculiar, peculiar way. It's very, it very different than I think a lot of people. Um, so if I can break that down, and this is my advice to anybody who's typically a spender, who typically falls under social norms, who typically falls under, you know, societal, how society tries to teach you how to behave with your money. Um, this, is my, this is my advice, and this is how I manage my money, and then these guys will give you their ways. But what I did is I currently have I have three separate bank accounts. I have five accounts, three separate bank accounts. I have two savings and then three checkings. So it's it's split very meticulously. You need to find the, the proper banks to do this with. Okay. So one of my bank accounts um pays all my bills. Right. So I set it up with my employer. And it's really, really easy to do this with our employer, but most employers can do this. I set it up with my employer where the money from the money that goes into this account is all the money I need to pay my bills. Right. 
So that's like what I would call my primary checking account. It pays all my bills. It pays my rent. It does all that stuff. Then I have another account, checking account, and that's the money that I will use for, I'll use it for gas and food, right? Not necessarily bills, but things that I need. You know, I need to have money there because if I don't have money for food, I can't eat. If I don't have money for gas, I can get to work. Right. So I keep that separated from my bills. That way, when I look at these accounts, I say, OK, so this is the amount of money I have to spend on food. Right. So it's a lot easier to budget that way. And then I say, OK, so this is the amount of money I have for gas. It's a lot easier to budget that way. I'm not accidentally spending too much or too little. You know what I'm saying? I'm always spending that amount. And then my third checking account is my spending account. Right. Um, so this account I'll send. I think I um, right now it's like $350 every two weeks. And that $350, I just spend willy-nilly or whatever I want, right? If I'm going out to eat, I use that card. If I'm buying a shirt, I use that card. If I'm buying uh, a diamond watch, I'm using that card, right? If the money's not on there, I don't use it. So anytime I want to buy something, that's the account I look at. So I'm not looking at this account that has $2,300 in it and saying, okay, well, how much of that do I spend? Or how much of that have I spent? I don't really got to focus on it like that. I just look at it. Okay, well, there's $90 in this account left. So I have $90 left to spend for the next two weeks, right? And then my gas is already taken care of. My bills are already taken care of. Then my other two accounts, those are my savings accounts. One's an emergency savings. So there's just an amount of money in there that just in case an emergency happens, I use, you know, that I use that money. So if worse comes to worse, my house burned down, my car had a massive engine failure, then I go and I'll use that money for to handle that stuff. And then the other one, is saving for a purpose because everybody knows that savers are losers and we'll get into that later it's saving for a purpose so that's the money that i'm saving for my investment properties and that's the money that i'm saving to um go on trips and stuff like that is in that account right so i have five different accounts three three different banks and everything's managed that way so when i look at those accounts it's like okay it's easy to manage. It's like, okay, so my bill money's in this. All I got to do is check it and make sure that deposited, right? Okay, well, that's going to cover all my bills. Make sure there's enough in there to cover my bills. Okay, cool. Don't look at that anymore. Then gas and food. Okay, so I look at that like once a week. Okay, now I need gas. Fill up the tank Monday, Monday morning. Fill up the tank, boom, boom, boom. And then spending. As I swipe, you know, okay, well, I want to buy this. Do I have the money? I look at my spending account. I don't got to look at an account that has $2,000 and say, okay, so how much of that is for bills? How much of that is for this? Da, 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 right? There's nothing wrong with having multiple accounts. Okay. And that's how I manage my money. And I've, uh, I've tried what Darian has was, which is doing the whole multiple bank account, which I've got, I've got two right now, which, um, uh, for me, I'm more struggled keeping up because I tend to forget I have two. So it's one of those I'm going to get, I'll get used to it. But right now I've, I've actually transitioned to doing what he's doing, which is my, I have one, uh, tra uh, transfer over funds to the, uh, to the other card and let all, pay all my bills. So it, that's what been working out for me. So I definitely, definitely recommend what he is doing. As for like, as for me, I'm more of a, I say, uh, I'm more, I'm very, very mindful about what I spend and stuff. So, you, uh, so no, I'm normally the guy that you can, uh, off the top of the head, you can ask me, I'm like, yeah, I know how much I already have because, you know, I don't spend. I'm not much of a spender. I'm more of a saver. 
So it's I I'm one that I I balance the value of stuff before I buy it. So I'm I'm naturally a saver at the at this point. But as far as you know, how I've got my finances together and stuff, it's most is mostly not spending, but also just make sure first things first, bills are taken care of. After that, I'll look at uh, just sit there and go. I don't uh, I don't have spending, even though I have spending. Just put it all to saving and let it be there for whenever I want it for a rainy day or if, say I want the boys wanted to go out. It's there. But I, truthfully, I'm going to say that being uh, being on my own and living by myself for an apartment for two and a half years helped me get to that mindset. So, Seth, so I I can't really talk like financial growth, but I can kind of get into my money management. So, being being 19 still living at home, I'm kind of just like building up to everything. So I'm just kind of learning to manage my money and save for the things I that I need to get or want to get. So I'm getting kind of a head start on a lot of people. And I'm very, very happy that I'm doing it. So I'm saving right now, probably about when I'm 21, I'll get my first property, which will be an investment property that I'll live in as well. So that's like, what I'm big saving for. And I'm really glad I got that head start and that I have this mindset with money that like, I need to make more. I not to like, just be comfortable. Cause I, I could go and get an apartment right now and be comfortable for the next 20 years. But, but I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. Anyways. Uh, so like how, how the average person, does all of this like is for just financial comfort they don't want just they they act like they don't want like all this money they just want this stability right as long as they're stable they're okay and a big thing with this is uh school 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 teaches you to go to college and even if you don't know what you're doing you get to college and you figure it out no, that's a big, that's a huge waste of money. You're wasting a lot of money for like your whole first year trying to think about it. It's like $12,000 you just waste. We talked to a guy we were interviewing. He was wasting $12,000 on like a semester. Is that what it was? Yeah. And he, did, and, 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 and he had no idea what to do. He had no idea what he was doing. He was a freshman, $12,000 a semester with no clue. School also... So, so growing up, you're you're also uh, you're not really learning how to make money. You just learn to, like get a job, and uh, like you you retire, you're done. As long as you're stable, um, make more money. You can or you make more money. You can spend more money. No, I don't agree with that. So, like being being an average person. And just living with stability, you're, you're just going to be stable your whole life. Then you're not going to really be much more happy with your life in a financial sense. So I guess, I guess, I guess I'll let Chris and Darian go into that. It's a really weird concept, right? So we're creating, it's a, it's a social norm 
it's a social norm that, oh, you just want to live comfortably. You don't want to be rich. And then everybody says this. Everyone says, well, I just want enough money to live comfortably and be happy. It's a really weird social concept because, like, that idea in and of itself is, is, is it, in my head, it's an, it's, it's an odd idea. Because for me, living comfortably and being happy is being able to do whatever I want. Right. Like I want like if I want to travel next week, I want to travel next week. If I if I want if I want to take a, a two weeks to relax and hang out with my family and be there for my my kids and my wife, my, my future kids and my future wife, I want to be able to do that. Right. So to me, that's like to me, that's ultimately going to make me happy. Like, oh, yeah, I just want to live comfortably, go to work every day. Da, da, da. Like, wouldn't you be happier if you could spend more time with your family and travel with your family and. That should be ultimately what we want to do, but um, we're kind of taught that, no, you, you don't want that. You can be happy just living this normal existence, and it really doesn't make sense. Social constructs really set us up to be average. They set us up to be normal, and the normal person is not happy. The normal person is in massive amounts of debt. So I read this in um, in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it was actually a, a really good analogy. So they said that, they created this analogy. And so if you can picture the man sitting on top of the donkey, dangling the carrot in front of the donkey's face, right? And then all the donkey sees is that carrot and all the donkey's chasing after is that carrot, right? The man on top of the donkey is trying to get somewhere. He's using, he's using the donkey to get to where he wants to go. But all the donkey wants is that carrot. The donkey could end up anywhere in the world and it doesn't matter, right? As long as it gets the carrot. Then the donkey gets the carrot, and then the next day the guy comes out, and there's another carrot, right? There's always something else. There's always going to be something else that you want. So the idea that we just want to live comfortably, the idea that this social norm, you make more money, you spend more money, you make more money, you get what you want, is 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 a fallacy. It's a, is, is a false concept. It's a negative concept because there's always going to be something more, right? Oh, well, you want a new car? Just work really, really hard and you'll get a new car and then you buy that new car. Okay, cool. So you got the carrot. Next day, there's going to be a new carrot. If you can pull out and you can see the whole picture and you realize that you're the donkey, are you still going to chase that carrot? Is that still going to be your goal? Or are you going to go off and, and, and find a way to create your own carrots, to create what you really, really want, what you truly want? Right. Because truly you don't because truly you want to end up at a point in life where you want to be. You don't want to just get the carrot and then let life take you on your next journey and let someone ride you to where they're going to go. And you go on your next journey. You want to be able to create your own wealth. You want to create your own money. Right. So. If I could break any social norm is that ultimately we don't want to make money. Right. You don't want to necessarily live comfortably. You want money to come to you, right? That's the real goal that we want in life is we want money to come to us. We want to create that financial freedom where we don't have to wake up every single day. Think about it. You're working for it anyway. You work every single day and you put money to the side for retirement so that one day when you wake up, you don't have to work, right? But they're teaching you to do this in the wrong way. Realistically, by the age of 30, 35, 40, 25, and for some people, they're able to eclipse a way that their money works for them so they don't have to wake up and go to work. They can still live comfortably. They can still live comfortably, but because they created this empire, because they created this machine where money comes back to them abundantly, 
they're able to not only make more money and give themselves raises to their empire that they built, but they're also able to live comfortably. So their finance, so their finance is growing without them having to input much. Okay. And I know there's a lot in that and there's a lot to unpack, but, um, that's kind of like my, my spill. Chris, do you have, do you have anything you want to say about it? Um, well, one, I liked your analogy with the donkey. It's, I say very, uh, say me and you early, uh, like early on in our adventures. Yeah, that that was us totally. I was 100% like, a donkey. It, yeah, and like, so like, I guess coming from a family that, all, um, you know, that was above above being, just a little bit of being broke, but also it's like, I was supposed to be the Golden Goose, uh, for say. The... Uh, the person who's going to go to college, make that six figure, and then take care of the whole family. Stupid. That's not no. Yeah, I ain't following that norm. Why? Why should I spend my money on people who didn't give me the actual guidance for financially to be better than where they're at? No, and now it's now. I will say, it's now they're like they're seeing that I'm making this money because I'm like, yeah, I'm I'll be you know grossing about a thousand per week during the uh, during our peak time hey just remember us remember we uh we like some good food stuff no i'm not spending my money on that you know work you keep working for that i'm not i'm not trying to sit here and say that um don't uh, don't help your family i'm just saying there's a time and a place for that 100%. and i know and darian darian had a huge spill on this on uh on one of the podcasts in it's yeah, I don't mind. There's stuff I still do need to repay for them, but I'm not just going to just lend, or just throw my money to them saying, hey, yeah, just have this. You know, Don't fall into that norm. It's your money. You know, you've worked. You're the one who worked those hours. You're the one. Uh, it's in your bank account underneath your name. Do not let someone else, uh, do not let somebody else take your money or you give that money to them without you wanting to do it. So another thing that I would like to touch on this is as parents, right? You, sh you should want your kids to, to do a lot better than you did. So if you, as a parent, you're through your whole, through your child's like next 18 years are just living comfortable, living stable, then what do you think that they're going to expect to do? Right? So you should want to give to your kids and to your family, like these ideals that you should chase more. So if you're just living comfortable the whole time, I, I feel like your kid, your, your child is also going to do the same thing. And as long as you are, are working your whole life and you're striving for something more, you should give that mindset to your children. And then, you know, there, that's more people that are, that are gaining this mindset of, of chasing more and they can be better than you did, right? So if they start earlier, then they're going to do better than you, right? So you should give this this mindset, this concept to your children that they should chase more, try and earn more money. And this doesn't just go with money either. This is just what we're talking about when in, in this specific podcast. But as long as you can give your kids that mindset and you can hope that they're, they're going to work for more and strive for more, then they're going to have a better life. So that's just something else I wanted to touch. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's actually a couple of things I kind of want to unpack on this. So here's my question. 
to you, Seth, right? Because I think you have a very good point about how, as a parent, if you're the comfortable, you know, paycheck to paycheck type, you should teach your kids more. But here's the, here's here's where I would say most parents fail at doing that because they think that's normal and they think that's perfectly acceptable. Like their whole mindset isn't, oh, well, I need to make more money. Their whole mindset isn't my kid needs to be rich. They don't understand that. They don't see it that way. They see it as, well, my kid just needs to be comfortable and secure and safe, right? So it's the fear that chasing more money, that trying to become um, self-dependent on trying to get their money works for them, work for them. It's that fear that, okay, well, if they do all this stuff, it could fail and they could be broke, right? So it creates that fear. That's why they say, well, you want a high paying job, a secure job. Right. And we can even vouch for this. Like our factory's big on, oh yeah, we'll never lay anybody off. Right. They they're big on that job security. Right. They don't want us to be afraid, okay, we might lose our job, right? That fear of losing a job, you know, they don't want to they want their kids to be comfortable and they want their kids to have a roof over their head and food on the table. But telling them you need to chase more, you need to go after more, ultimately that comes with a risk reward. Right. So my question to you is, would it really be on the parents to teach their kids differently than what the parents know? Or would it be on the kids to go out and seek more knowledge and become better than their parents, so to speak? Well, so I, I do think it's also on the kids to be better than their parent than their parents. Like that's that's kind of how I was. But I think it's also really, really good to be taught very early in life this this mindset of chasing more because i'm and and, and really like there, there's nothing wrong with just having a roof over your head and just being stable but all we're getting at is you know your life's going to be a lot better if you're chasing more so as like me I, i'm young i'm young so this is the concept i feel like i can understand very well i i'm chasing a lot more than my parents did right so it that and that was one hundred percent on me. Like that, that was on me. That was on me meeting Darian, him helping me get into this mindset that I'm in now. So, like, like I, I, I truly did that on my own. But I think that if my parents or any other like guardian in my life would have would have taught me this early, then I would have started even earlier, perhaps. Right. So, like. All I'm saying is like if you if if you're taught this early, the more early you can start, and even if you're not taught this, you can still start early. It's just you, you know you got to get yourself going. But I, I think it'd be a really good concept for for parents to teach is uh, the mindset of wanting more or not even want just needing more, so they can live a better life, more fulfilled, happy life instead of just being comfortable all the time. You're not really traveling. You're not going out of the country. All that. that's not what I want. I want something, something more. And that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm going to have. Okay. So, yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, and my response, uh, I would actually urge parents to allow their kids freedom, right? I would urge parents to allow their kids freedom to explore financial options and to not box your kid in with your belief system. Um, and the reason why I say it that way is because I think it would be very unwise for 
a parent who's never experienced, you know, the financial growth that we're talking about, creating the type of finances we're talking about, I think it'd be very unwise for them to try to teach their children that. And the reason is because if you've been the comfortable parent, you know, working the nine to five, blah, 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 blah. And then you're trying to tell your kid, okay, here's how you do it. You could, you know, you've never experienced it. You've never been through that. Right. So like, I would say that everybody like all, all like us three, right. We learned from observing other people. Right. So any information that I give is primarily secondhand information from, you know, Grant Cardone, Stephen Graham, other millionaires, et cetera. Right. But then um, I would say parents encourage your kids to want more, right? Like never tell, like never tell them, go to college, get a good job, be normal. That is the worst thing you can ever tell a kid. If you tell a kid that you are essentially limiting them, you're limiting their belief system, you're limiting their values, you're limiting their perception of the world. Always tell your kid to want more. Always tell your kid to shoot for the sky. Do not tell your kid to necessarily go to college. Um, tell your kid to thrive for more, but then point them in a place that's going to be able to teach them better than you. And then also, even as a parent, I don't give a damn how old you are, you can learn this stuff too, and you can you can make your life better as well, right? You can essentially- Darian, I'm gonna cut you off. I'm going to cut you off real quick. I think I think you took what I was saying a little bit out of context. So what I was saying was, as a parent, you should be striving for more, and that will teach your kid to do the same. I'm not I'm not saying to like if you've never done this to just teach your kid this. Of course, make sure your kid wants more. Make sure they're trying to do better than you. But the best way to do that is them doing it themselves. So I think as parents, they should strive for more and through and a kid seeing that their whole life is going to want to strive for more because they're going to want to do as good as their parents did, or maybe even better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Kids learn. um, Kids definitely learn the best from watching their parents and seeing their parents evolve and seeing their parents develop. Right. Like most kids turn out just like their parents unless they find another model to follow. Right. And it's, it's actually it's actually very weird. It's actually a very interesting concept. If you ever see like if you ever learn about like child development and how kids learn, it's actually a, it's actually very, very interesting. Kids pick up on a lot more than you think. Um, but, yeah, no, Seth, you're, you're you're essentially correct. And I did kind of miss miss that. Um, I could have said it wrong. And then, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, either way, it's fine. I, th- I think I think it's, it's good. It's good. Um, it's good dialogue. It's good conversation. And then the other thing I, I kind of want to touch is uh, schools train you for the nine to five, right? So look at it this way. You wake up at eight o'clock, you go, you go to school. Okay. You sit in a classroom. Okay. You do your work. You take your lunch break. Okay. After your lunch break, you go back to work and then you go home. And then you can, and then you re- repeat this cycle, right? Essentially, school is your job, right? And it might be eight a.m. to three, right? I think that's what what, what we was um, eight to two fifty, right? But that's essentially your job is teaching you how to wake up, go to a job, and fall into this kind of pattern that that is normal. It doesn't actually teach you. You know, and then we go to school, it doesn't teach you how to manage money. Like there's, there's no like true managing money classes, right? There's no true, okay, well, here's how you build a business. Here's how you invest into real estate. Here's how you invest into the stock market. Here's how the stock market works. There's no real 
teachings of that. There's no real teaching you how to make money. You're literally going to school and you're learning how to work. You're learning how to work a job, essentially. You're learning how to be an employee, right? So um, that's another thing that I just kind of want to point out about social construct and how society kind of pushes us to be a certain way and to live our life a certain way when in reality, there's so much more than that. We're literally conditioned to think this way. That's why so many people think this way. That's why so many people think, well, I have a good job. I need to go to work every day. That's why so many people think I make more money. I spend more money because we're literally taught this. We're literally conditioned into this. Yeah, all, all these societal constructs, this is what's taught throughout everyone's life. And this is why so many people are acting this way is because this is how you're taught your whole life to grow up. And if you can pull yourself out of out of all these social constructs, then you can be better. Now, not all social constructs are going to be bad, but a lot of them are. So, like, that's that's just ha that's just what we're trying to preach with uh, with our, with our finance, with our finances. And then I think we'll also have a episode just about social constructs as well. And uh, we're just, yeah, you should you should pull yourself out of these uh, societal constructs and try and try and do better. Chris, do you have anything? I, I, I really think y'all had a very, very great discussion about that. Like, <laughs> like that, that was so hard for me to even say anything. Cause it's like, I can't, I agree with like what you're all were saying. So I really don't have much to say. All right. So, um, I, I would say that a key factor into growing financially into creating more financial growth is going to be working multiple jobs or working a high number of hours at your jobs right so you need to be able to create an income in order to um really be able to put your to set your money up to set your empire up in a way where you're going to get paid without having to go to work and in order to do this, you're going to have to work a lot of hours early, right? Because right now it's, it's, it's a big investing thing, right? Unless you have a stroke of genius, even if you have a stroke of genius, okay, I have this business concept. You need to find a way to get that business going. You need to find a way to get that business started. You're going to have to pay for materials. You're going to have to pay for resources. You're going to have to pay for um, promotion and all this other stuff. You're going to have to have some type of money. And then obviously you can do a loan, which is a little more risky, or you can save up your own money, right? Either way, e either way is fine. But if you want to play a little safer, and I think the smarter way to do it is to have the money ready. So you're going to have to work multiple jobs. You're going to have to work multiple jobs. Uh, so I have it set up to where I have two two primary incomes, right? So I have my factory job and I have real estate. So I I know at my factory job, they offer a lot of overtime and I work a lot of overtime. Um, none of my overtime goes into paying my bills, goes into gas, food, any of that. Like all of my living expenses are my base salary. All of my living expenses are my base salary. So even the 350 every two weeks that I use for fun, that's in my base salary then any overtime I work goes into my saving account for my investment property. Okay. Anything that I make from real estate goes into my saving account for my investment property. So it's like, okay, so my main job, my main source of income pays for my living expenses. So I don't got to worry about that. It's all covered. 
all the extra money goes back into making me more money, right? So instead of just working one job until the end of time, taking my money and spending my money or buying new things or buying flashy things, I'm trying to set my money up to work for me to create passive income, right? And then obviously I want to do this through real estate. I don't do this through rental properties, which we'll, I'll try, like, I'm pretty sure we'll do a full breakdown on how that works. Um, I think real estate is one of the safest things to put your money in. But, you know, once, once I get a rental property, obviously I can manage myself or I can go to a rental management place and they'll manage, me, manage it and I'll just get the check every month. I might need to sign off on some repairs, approve some repairs, right? But I'll just get the check every month. So now I'm making money without doing anything, right? And I've seen people go from, you know, making $1,000 a month in this passive income where they're not doing anything to making 10000 and then once I get this passive income, right, let's say I get three rental properties bringing me in passive income, a cash flow of 900 a month. Okay, so this 900 a month don't have to go towards anything. I can just go ahead and I can buy frivolous stuff with this 900. And then all the money I make from my active income, working, selling houses, et cetera, all of that can go back into creating more passive income. You know what I'm saying? So my passive income buys my liabilities but then my active income pot buys my assets. All right. Let, let's talk about uh, like, obviously we're already talking about working multiple jobs, but let's talk about what people consider side hustles. So I, I think that everybody should have their own side hustle, but I don't think everybody should have it to fall back on. Cause this, this is where people make, make big mistakes. I think, I think everybody that has like side hustles, most of the normal people that have side hustles, they have that so they can fall back on it when their normal job isn't working out how they want it to. I, I think that a good side hustle is something that's just going to bring you in more money. It's not a fallback. It's not like a, like a backboard. It's something that you can, it, it, it's something to help you build more income as a whole. So like real estate is going to be my like side hustle, but it's also going to be what jumps me out of the job I'm working now. And this, that's the same with Darian as well. So like, it's a side hustle, but it's building up. It's going to build up over my current job and it's going to build me up to everything else. Like my, my whole, my whole life. That's, that's, the, that's the plan. That's the, the whole underlying plan to that is for this, for, for this side hustle to gain up my own empire, as you said, empire, gain up my own empire to the point to where I don't even have to work my factory job anymore. So don't get a second job just just to just to fall back on and get it for a whole new source of income. This isn't something to just oh this is just for me to be safe. This is something that's going to help you build up to something much greater. So I got and I no I don't um I haven't got to the point. I've done a little bit of multi, uh, working, you know, multiple jobs. I don't really have a, I guess you could say, quote unquote, side hustle like these guys do. Because I'm, I'm still, I'm still looking into my option stuff. Because I did earlier on, um, I got a little teachings from the University of Kentucky for the stock market. So I'm a, a bit more interested in the stock market than you know, per se the, um. Yeah, what they, uh, what they do. I totally blanked out on that. I do apologize. Yeah, real estate. Thank you. Um, but the 
real estate is definitely the safer way to go. I'm doing, I'm, I'm choosing the stock market just for the, because I like numbers. I like doing that type of stuff. So, but as far as multiple jobs, I, instead of doing multiple jobs, I'm working a massive amount of OT. And right now they're offering incentives for doing an OT. Uh, so earning more on the hour. So it, truthfully right now it's like i am more, i'm getting over a grand when we get over a grand a week so it's like at this point i'm like all right i'm fo- i'm focusing on ot until they, it's like okay they're no longer going to offer ot then i will mo- uh, definitely probably give me another job to keep building and then get to this point of that side hustle invest into side hustles and you know let that carry off like seth uh seth and darian has said chris you lied you do have two more jobs. You have this podcast and you still do DoorDash from time to time. That's and and yeah. you do your streaming. So you have like what, like four? That's a lie. Don't yeah, lie yeah, to them. Yeah, technically, technically, yeah. Don't lie to them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We so yeah, I look at it every so um just to just to be clear on what on what Seth was making transparent, um, we look at everything that we do as a, as a, as a job. So this is the, this is a job to us. We, we think that approaching this with a business mindset, um, is what's going to make it great is what's going to make it the best it could possibly be. Um, Chris looks at streaming with a business mindset. So approaching it as a, as a job approaching it as a business with a business mindset is what is what's going to make it as best as, that it can possibly be. So that's, that's kind of what Seth was clarifying there. Um, now let's talk about, uh, debt. So this is really, really a tough, it's a really complex discussion about debt and what debt really is. So um, first off, uh, Dave Ramsey, if you are subpar, if you are undisciplined, if you do not want to hold yourself accountable for stupid decisions, and if you want to take zero risk, listen to Dave Ramsey, okay? He is your guide to a nice, simple, comfortable life. But if you are phenomenal and you are disciplined and you are structured and you are strict, then Dave Ramsey is not teaching you the fastest way to get rich. He's teaching you. He's teaching you how to manage money. He's not teaching you how to get rich. Okay. Because the best, because if, if, if you truly want to get rich and many financial advisors will teach you this. Okay, so I'm not trying to underplay Dave Ramsey by any means, but if you know anything about the history of Dave Ramsey, you know why he hates debt. You know his little real estate gambles. I think it was back in like the 80s or the 90s. You know why Dave Ramsey hates debt, and he tells you not to go under in, in, under any circumstances, right? Except I think I think he says to like purchase a home, um, purchase a property, sell the car. Real, yeah, sell your <laughs> yeah, sell your car. But realistically, debt is actually a good thing. It can be a good thing or it can be a terrible thing. It just depends on how you it just depends on how you look at it and it depends on the type of discipline you exercise when playing with debt. Okay. So for example, if a credit card is going to give you two percent cash back on everything and you're able to pay it off at the end of the month, you don't get an interest rate until your due date. Right. So if I use my credit card today. Boom, boom, boom. I swiped it for $200 and I paid it off next week. I would only have to pay off $200. But if I paid it off in 30 days, I have to pay off 200 parts interest. So if you keep that balance on for 29 days, you're not going to pay your interest. 
right? Or I think it, I, th- I actually think it's to the next billing cycle, but ru- but you you know roughly what I'm talking about. Um, so when you're going into massive debt for massive unmanageable debt for cars, houses, if you're swiping your credit card like crazy and you're not able to pay it off by the end of the month, then you're 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 getting in the red. You're you're playing with bad debt. You're you're paying unnecessary money for the things you want. But if you're able to manage it, if you're able to manage it properly, then now you're looking at a little more complex things, right? So I'll I'll, I'll make an example. So when you look at purchasing a car, right? And I have to write this down as I say. If you're looking at purchasing a car, let's say you have thirty thousand dollars cash for a car. Okay. Well, you can pay that thirty thousand dollars, and um, it you know just have to own the car straight out, or you can pay five thousand dollars, right? And now you have now you're going to have a loan over five years of twenty five thousand dollars, and then but what you have now is you have another twenty five thousand dollars still in your pocket, right? So if you invest that $25,000 over five years and you're able to get a return and you're able to get a decent return, what could happen is that $25,000 can now turn into $40,000, right? So going into debt for that car actually ended up making you more money. And yeah, you paid an interest rate over five years, right? But in interest, if you get a low interest rate, like 5%, the interest on that's what? three four thousand dollars so you ended up paying a total of um twenty nine thousand dollars but overall that thirty thousand dollars came out to be more money right and if you don't understand what i'm saying rewind that write it down on a piece of paper and you'll see what i'm saying um so if you can manage your money that way you look at everything as either a positive investment or a negative investment don't look at it as an object Right. When you buy when you buy a house, don't look at it as, okay. well, I just spent two hundred thousand dollars on a house. Look at I spent two hundred thousand dollars on either an asset or a liability. So when you go into debt and you only pay a forty thousand dollar down payment, say, okay, so now I spent forty thousand dollars for an asset or a liability. Okay, look at it as it's either going to go up and down that that forty thousand is either going to go up or down. And then you look at your interest rate payments and the rest of the money you have pocketed as up and down. But um, that's really, really complex, and we will do something, and I and I will do something for that. I'll probably do like um, a tip video where I have like a board next to me, and I can write it out, and then I can actually break down the advantages of renting as opposed to buying. Right when you're talking about your own living space, um, renting a place as opposed to buying a place, and then we'll talk about. Um, uh, financing a car as opposed to buying a car and when leasing is somewhat acceptable and when it's not and how to manage money and separating money from the actual object and looking at everything as a plus minus. And then I think with a board where I'm able, where I'm able to draw it out and explain it, I think um, it'll make a lot more sense, but understand that debt is, you know, it can be a good thing. And then oftentimes it's not even like a real thing. Like there's no real negative benefits. Like if you're able to open debt, within a business and then let's say that you get a let's say you buy a rental property and then you get a foreclosure on that rental property if that rental property is under an llc it doesn't go on your personal credit score so if you end up getting foreclosed on um it goes on the business credit score so you just close down the business and poof it's gone 
it's no longer your problem. Right. And then once you once you build like these massive empires and these massive businesses, you put your cars on there, you put your house on there, you put your credit cards on there. So if anything goes wrong, you just close the business and poof, it's good. Right. It is. There's no problem. Your personal credit score is completely uninjured and there's no real negative effect to you other than, you know, your ego, maybe for not being able to manage business. Um, so segueing into um, our last thing. I'll ask you guys, uh, why do you think you want to become rich? What's the importance of becoming rich? Well, before that, I'm going to touch on the debt thing as well. But okay, yeah, yeah, basically, like, at, like as a summary, there's there's good debt and there's bad debt. That well, there there can be bad debt if you don't manage it right. So, like in my case and Darian's case, I think which he already touched, like we're saving for rental properties, right? You you do ha you have to spend to make. So I'm so we're gonna have debts to a to a property that we have that we own but when we're renting these places out it's the debt's gonna pay for itself in a sense so like you're gonna have to spend to make that's basically all i wanted to say but uh well chris chris do you have anything on that no no i i like i um i don't really have like that kind of debt so it's really hard for me to sit here and talk about debt well it's like my, I don't need my dad. It's mostly that's a, that's a it, really it, it's really complex. Like uh, I really want to do a tip video about this where we can yeah. do everything because it's really complex. When you look at money in a certain way, it's really kind of a it's a tough subject to just talk about. It's something that I think a lot of people will be when they can see it visually, they'll understand it a little better. Um, but it's a Everyone, really, really everyone's on the fence with it. It's it, it is a very weird concept. You have to really get yourself into it and learn about it. But uh, I'll, I'll let Darian restate his question. Yeah. Okay. So, um, why do you guys want to become rich? What's the what's the ultimate goal in becoming rich? So my my ultimate goal is financial freedom. So I we we've mentioned this already. Like I want to be able to do just whatever the hell I want. Right. So like. I don't want to get to the point to where like I'm just constantly making more money. Like I have, I have a few properties more than a few probably. And then they're constantly making me more money. And of course I'm still going to have to spend money on repairs and other shit like that. But, uh, so I want to get to the point where I can do what I want. I have, if, if I want to go buy this really nice car, my dream car, I can just, I, I can go and get it right. Like, I'm going to be a lot happier if I can do what I want with my money and money isn't really becoming a problem anymore. I just want to get to the point to where I don't have any problems with money. And for, for me, I want to be to the, uh, I want to be financially in, in a very good state because one, I've said it several times through all the podcasts. I'm tired, tired of not having the money, tired of, you know, just being about, uh, barely above. So I want to get to the point to where, one, I can go anywhere and everywhere because, let's face it, I've, I said I w didn't want to go, didn't want to travel at the beginning, but now it's like I want to go see, uh, I want to see the world. I want to see what, uh, you know, Europe is like, Asia, all that, see all the culture, like, I want to be to the point that I'm not one, I'm not worried Two, 
I can do whatever I want. That financial freedom, like that we've they've talked about so much. It, uh, truthfully, I think that's what it really does boil down to. It's like that financial freedom, just to do whatever you want. And and another thing on on uh, why I wanna why I wanna gain so much money is I wanna be able to give back to my family, my friends, and future children. That, that I think that's very important as well. If you're if you're making if you're making a, a lot of money and you're not giving back any of it, then I don't see really a point. So like, I want to be able to give back, like, like, you know, say, screw it buy my, buy my parents a house that they always would have wanted. It's just things like that. That, that That's really important to me is uh, giving back because, you know, they, they, they gave me life. I, I had food on the table growing up. They gave me what was important. And with all that, I was, I'm able to future, like better myself in the, in the future, better myself in the future and give back to them and give back to my friends and, and the rest of my family as well. I think that's really important to me. And I think it should be important to everyone else. Um, I want to, I want to detach the word financial from freedom. And I, I just, I would just say freedom. I want freedom. Right. Yeah. Um, because let's face it, freedom costs. Freedom comes with the price. Freedom isn't free. Um, you have to you have to work for it, you have to die for it, you have to pay for it. Okay. So for everybody saying, Well, I'm free, I'm free, I'm free, even in the most free country in the world, America, you're free. Okay, cool. Stop paying your mortgage and see if you're still allowed to own your house. Stop <laughs> paying your car payment, see if you're still allowed to own your car. Oh, you're free? Okay, well, leave the country. Leave the country. You're free. You can do whatever you want. Leave the country. Go to uh, you're in Kentucky. Okay, go to California. Go to California tomorrow. You're free, right? So your freedom. Stop paying your taxes. You're, you're not. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah, stop paying your taxes. Like stop paying your taxes. Right. Freedom isn't free. You're not free. You're not free. Rich and um just and a, a point um onto that set. Rich people actually don't pay as much taxes as the middle class. The middle class pays more taxes right. than the rich because the rich get a lot of tax breaks. That's what I'm saying. Like it, it freedom comes with money. <laughs> that's that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, stop paying your taxes. Like, we stop paying our tax right now. You know, we're we're in some trouble. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Like, um. So I mean, true freedom. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize this. A lot of people say, "Well, I'm fine being comfortable." Blah 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 with this stupid social construct. But true freedom. Think about that. I can go where I want, when I want, any country in the world. I can leave tomorrow. I can leave tomorrow, any country in the world. I can come back whenever I want. I can stay as long as I want. I can buy a house here, 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 here. Okay. Oh my gosh. I just saw that car. That car looks awesome. I want to drive it. Okay. Let me go buy it. True freedom. Right. And then I would even say it gets to a point where money's not even real because you buy that car and what happens to your bank account? It goes from 1.6, 1,782. To one to nine hundred to I don't know eight hundred thousand two hundred and six, right? And then the next day, because you have passive income, it's right back up to one point one million. Like like it's it's not even real. Like you just spent that money yesterday; it's already back in your account. It's not even a real thing, right? You buy whatever you want. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, so I have two million in my bank account. I spent 600,000, now it's 1.4, okay? And the next week, it's back up to 2.2. 2. 
you know what I'm saying? Like you're spending recklessly. It, it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Money doesn't, it, it doesn't matter. It no longer applies to you. Money no, it's no longer even a concept that really exists into your mind. You just go into the store, you see something you like, you buy it. You're watching a, a commercial. You see a car you like, you buy it. You see your, your, you know, scrolling online, you see a cool place. Okay. Well, cool. I want to go there. Let's go tomorrow. You have true freedom. You don't have to wake up and be a slave to nobody. You don't have to wake up and go to work. You don't have to work eight hours a day. You don't have to do this. You're not forced to do that. You're not forced to be at this place at this time or meet this person. When someone disrespects you, you don't have to stand for that. A lot of you people are working these nine to five jobs with extremely disrespectful employers that talk down to you and you just have to accept it. I think it's crazy that I work with people who will literally complain about the company that they choose to come in and work for every day. You have no right to complain. You can't complain. You choose to go in there and work every day and you're complaining, oh, these people, da, da, da. like they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck, dude. You show up every day and you do your job. They don't give a fuck. If you really had a problem with the company, how much the company is paying you, how much the company is treating you, blah, 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 and all this other unnecessary BS, if you really had a problem, you would leave or you would create your own fucking company and, and, and handle it yourself. Right. And, and the crazy thing about that is, is like, like me, you, you can sit there and tell these people these things and they're like, Oh, you know, they don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't like, like, like you'll, you'll tell people to like, if they're having a problem with how much they're making, okay, go, go make more. You have time. Like, like we know you, you have time to do these things. And they're like, oh, I don't really need to do that. I think I should just be making more money. This is stupid. No. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, how are you going to tell someone who signs your check how much they should be paying you? You show up and you work every day. You show up every single day and you go to work. You're going to say, well, they need to pay me more. It keeps you coming. Why the fuck do they need to pay you more? It keeps you coming. You show up every day. You do your job. Why do they need to pay you more? And, and, and this really isn't this is more, they won't have employees. And this isn't a diss where we work either. We we work in a great place, but it's yeah, just like some I, of the people. Some of the people in there, it's just there's there's something else, man. <laughs> like yeah, they, no, they, like uh, they state their problem, you give them a way to fix it, and they're like, "Fuck you." <laughs> it's like what? Yeah, come on. Man, man. I definitely get paid enough. I show up. I still show up. If yeah, they was not paying me enough, I'd find a new job. They pay me enough to do what I'm supposed to do 100%. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm not going to come in, oh, I'm going to be making $50 an hour because da, 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 da. Like, no. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, like, that, that, that whole concept that it's your boss's fault, that you're broke, that you're struggling, that you don't have the things that you want in life. That whole concept is a wrong concept. That's like, it's actually lacking accountability. And it, it's it's a stupid make-believe concept it's false it's not real it's it's dumb chris did you, you i see you lean forward did you want to say something the, the, no i was like i was just gonna say i think there's there's always gonna be one person at every job that's going to complain about it whether it's you know the money or whatever it, it's always that but it's like these uh, it's like dan said you know granted i took a fine uh took a hit when it i you know left a 20 dollars job to come and do a 1750 job but one i'm mentally uh, mentally better too it allows me as much ot as i want so i'm technically making more than i was at the 20 dollars job which was, was all, uh, which was only you know was taking away our hours even when we were in the ot which is illegal so but yeah it's 
there's always going to be one person, you know, it does not matter if you give them that information of you could go to this job making four, uh, three, four dollars more. They're going to still be at that job 10, 15 years down the road, still complaining about the same thing every single day. And it's not even just with the jobs, too. They, people don't just blame their boss. They blame corporate America as well. You can't blame <laughs> corporate America for for your money problems when you you're not finding a way around it finding a way to fix it right like find a way to make more money there's always ways to make money you can't blame it you oh well the economy screwed me over i guess i'm fucked i'm i'm, I'm just done no <laughs> you know i find it really funny when people talk about um how the rich don't pay the amount of taxes they're supposed to do they're supposed to pay. They're like, oh, man, well, uh, I get taxed straight out of my check, and these rich people, they get all these tax breaks and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yo, stupid. Get there. If you're really pissed off get about there. it, get rich. Like, if you're really that pissed off about it, get rich. Like, do what they're doing. There's nothing stopping you from doing what they're doing. You over here crying like, oh, my God, when they, they, they don't. The rich, the rich ain't taxed enough. Wah. I'm a middle class and they're taxing me so much. Wah. They just raised my, med my, my, my Medicare. Wah. Wah. Like, dude, get rich. Like, don't sit here and complain about someone who worked their ass off to get to where they're supposed to get to. And um, most people who are rich, at some point, someone in their family worked their ass off to get there. Right? Like, you may know the privileged, you may know the privileged son, the privileged child. But the father was not privileged. The father created that for his son or the grandfather created that for his family. Somebody worked their ass off to create to create their wealth. Somebody somewhere. And and I'll say this, too, with that, like, like people always just assume that rich people are just dickheads. They're like they're just this. This guy's rich. He's probably an asshole. No, no. You talk to most rich people. If they if they work to get there, they're they're actually very like like. They're very good to talk to is what I'm trying what I'm trying to get at basically. Like like you like they will tell you, they will give you tips, they'll they'll tell they'll help you out, they'll give you advice. They're they're not just gonna be a dick, oh you're not rich, get the fuck out of my face. No, that's not how they act. They're not dickheads, they're really, really not. Like like look at look at Grant Cordone, look at all these people doing these podcasts. These guys are all rich and all they're doing is trying to help. They're trying to help other people get to where they're at. And I don't understand, like, you can't just assume that they're they're going to be assholes. You got to actually go and talk to them. You, you can find out a lot about people in just one simple conversation. You, you can't just. That, yeah, go ahead. I think that concept comes from, again, like the average person doesn't understand the business mind. They don't understand what it takes to get rich. So once you start earning a lot of money and once you start creating your empire, once you start building this for your, for yourself, you deal with a lot of you deal with a lot of bullshit. So you develop a very, very low bullshit tolerance. You develop a very, very low no nonsense tolerance. So oftentimes when speaking to these people, they're like straight to the point people. They're not bad people. They're not mean people, but they're really straight to the point. They don't want you to come up and talk to them about some like. <clears throat> especially if they're if they're talking business and you're trying to get an opportunity from them, they don't want you to waste time, right? Like uh, I saw a video of, of Grant Cardone, actually. He was teaching a kid how to give an interview. And then the guy came up and he was like, hi, my name's Michael Grant something 
I am a student at blah, blah, blah. And Grant Cardone was like, listen, like you, you're doing too much, right? He said, walk up, first name, what you do, how you can help me. That's it, right? He don't want all the extra filler. Like, don't give me your last name. Don't tell me where you're from. Tell, like, I don't need all that, right? First name, okay, what you do, how you can help me. So it was like, hi, my name's Mike, um, University of blah, 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 graduate. I can help you make money. Boom. Okay, cool. That's all you need to say, right? Because these are really straight to the point people. That's why I think a lot of people get the 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 concept or misconception that, oh, well, they're bad people or they're mean people. No, they're just really straight to the point. They don't want you to sit there and blah, 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 right? You're talking to them for a reason. Tell them the reason you're talking to them. Go up and be straight up. They're going to appreciate that way more than you beating around the push and blah, 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 all this extra shit. In another place, I think this this concept comes from is also school like like a lot of times yeah i will agree with like when you're in school and you're talking to these people like you're talking to the to the wealthy kid the rich kid right they're they might be a little bit of an asshole but they're not the ones that are rich it's their parents <laughs> like like you you go talk to the wealthy kid and he's like oh you don't have this <laughs> i'm so much better than you no they're not but like you you can't take that and just assume that their parents are dickheads too. Cause I, I, cause I bet you they don't talk to their parents like that. Guarantee yeah. it. I will say I actually, I actually had a friend that his, uh, both his parents were very, very well off. Like cause his dad was like a top, uh, surgeon in Lexington. The, that's already big money right there. And then it, to walk into their place, it was so, I guess you could say different because they owned a, um, it was a six story mansion. I had a full basement, a full attic, but it was, it, they weren't bad people. That uh, They were, so, they were more like more down to earth than I was. And when I even, and I'm pretty a down to earth, uh, down to earth person as it is, but they, you know, very chill. And I still, rem I still remember to this day is like her, um, he, He's talking. He's asking me if why I didn't have something. And his his mom turned around, and goes, "Son, not everybody can have what you have." And I was like, "Oh damn, oh." That's I was like, "These are very very cool people, very cool rich people." <laughs> yeah, yeah, you re you really just gotta talk to them. Like a great example is uh, we did a a podcast with like interview with uh with Franz and uh. Like b before all that, like he was talking to us and at, he goes to this cars and coffee. This is just, it's like a car show and he networks and all these like rich people with these really nice cars. He talks to him all the time and they're just like very nice. They're very intellectual. They talk to him and they're, they're not dickheads. It's just not how they are. You just got to talk to them and figure it out. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're people at the end of the day, they're people and they love associating and talking just like, you know, just like us, they're people, just like Franz said. I saw that too, Seth. Just like Franz said, they're people. And, um, you know, that's just how it goes. And, yeah, just, just walk up, talk to them, have a conversation, and, you know, it all works out. Um, I do think it's important to go ahead and hammer home the idea that money does not create happiness. It's going to be from earning money, right, from financial growth that's what's going to make you happy ultimately and then the freedom 
that comes with that comes with that financial growth is ultimately what's going to make you happy and the ability to give back. I think we don't hammer hammer that home enough. Uh, when you make money, you're going to be able to give more back. You're going to have more to give back. You're going to be able to share with more people. So, um, yeah, that, you know, I just want to hammer home that we're not saying money is happiness. It's just an aspect of it. Um, the grow, growing in money, um, creating more financial stability. That's an aspect of your happiness. Okay. Um, anyone have any thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, your, your mic muted, Seth. Shit. Okay. Well, well, if y'all are watching this and you and you and you've seen me and Darian just randomly got really happy, our old friend <laughs> Will Bevins messaged us. It's our, our it's our little buddy, and we haven't talked to him in forever because he got a new number. But but that's what that was. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Being rich doesn't just make you happy. Just having the money, it's 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 what you do with it and what you're able to do with it that's gonna make you happier overall. All right, so um, that's all we have. Closing thoughts, anybody? I'm I'm good. Become rich. Become rich. Yeah, yeah. Get rich. Get free. No, become free. Fuck being rich. And, become free. And I'm gonna yeah, go man. off topic for my closing thoughts here. Chris, go to the gym again. Yesterday, me and Chris actually talked about um, a workout plan. I, I'm gonna send them the first workout plan you was on. And then after like a month, he's going to switch on to the one you're doing now. And then after like six weeks, switch kind of like what we're doing. Um, so he, Chris, yeah, he, he's on it. He's on it. I got to. Chris, Chris, I'll say this. Darian put run four miles in, in that workout plan on both the cardio days. You don't, you don't got to, you don't got to do that. Week. I didn't do it. I probably will. I probably will because I play. I got to run four miles. I don't know what I'm doing. Much I can't believe it. I'm not a track star. Oh my god! How does anybody? That's what you sound like. That's exactly what you sound like. You go run four miles, pussy. Oh, you go. Did it. It. I did it for Jared. Cool. I did it for Jared. Uh, I did it for Jared. Uh, I, 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 did it. I did it like twice, and I was like, "Damn, I really don't got to do this." Oh my god! Uh, I, feel so I still sad. lost a lot of weight, though. Uh, no, you don't. <laughs> Shut up. Don't even act like that. Okay. <laughs> It's literally what she's oh, four miles. Oh my god, four miles. Bro, I run, I run four miles in my sleep, ho. Hey, you won't. Uh, you don't even do cardio. You don't have to. I, I, I yeah, you're right. I um, I'm gonna start in March when I start cutting. Oh, we can uh okay. run together. Oh, it'll be yeah, more than too. We can go to like Reburn Run. You guys want to run at the park? More interviews. Like, yeah, I'm down. As much as, as much as I want to do it, like join you all, we have such vastly different schedules. So, well, I'm I want on Saturday. Saturday. Oh, Chris, shut up. Well, you can run with us. Actually, I'd probably have to run like days a week, but you, you, I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out. Whatever, whatever. What are we talking about this for? Okay, so um, yeah, I mean, we went over you know managing money, ways to manage your money, why money is important, why becoming financially free is important. Um, we talked about debt very briefly, and again, we're going to come out with a uh, tip video where we kind of break that down more. And then, yeah, yeah, good job, guys. Um, deuce. Yep. Peace.